Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. All right. I knew that'd bring a smile to a few of your face. All right. How many is excited? Hey, just to let you know, one day till Christmas, all right? All right. Just in case you didn't know, all right. And uh, anyway, I trust that everybody is ready, excited, all that, right? Amen? Amen? All right. Three of you are. That's great. All right. Uh, I'd like to welcome all of our guests. We so appreciate you being here today. I see several in the building today. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very, very much for coming and being a part of our service today. And we want you to make yourself at home. We trust that when you entered the building uh, that our greeters or ushers gave you one of our connection cards. I want to ask you to do a couple of things, all right? Number one, fill it out, all right? That's important. And then number two, I'd love for you to bring that to me after the service. If I have not met you personally, I would love to do that. I'll be right here at the front. And so if you'd be so kind to do that, bring that card to me after the service. I will keep you like 30 seconds, all right, unless you want to have a longer conversation. Then we'll, we'll do that. But anyway, uh, we appreciate you being here so very, very much today. For those who are watching online, I'm glad that we have this as a ministry of our church. And it has proven to be very helpful uh, over the years since we've had this uh, ministry of, of being able to uh, have our services online and uh, I've been kicked off of, of several things, you know, in the past, and I don't expect it to be any different in the future, all right? I got notification a few weeks ago, uh, you have been removed from da-da-da-da-da, I said, okay, whatever, all right, anyway, but we're, we're at least today, I think we're good today, right? All right, get a thumbs up, we think, all right, anyway, uh, but we're appreciative of your, uh, your watching today, and we, again, want to be a blessing to your heart. Uh, in the, this service today, all right? Now, I'll come back in just a moment with a couple of announcements, but first, I want you to enjoy a musical selection by Miss Caitlin Singer over here.
Wonderful job. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Caitlin. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, I have just a couple things announcement-wise. Uh, remember this, that we're having service right now, so we will not be having a service this evening, okay? No service. Many uh, folk are... Uh, you have your families in, and some of you, uh, some are traveling this afternoon, going to see family and all that. So I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful evening uh, with your family and uh, the Christmas season and all of that. Uh, so please, please remember that uh, tonight, okay? And then I uh, want to announce this as well, that we have over in the Welcome Center area a Christmas card box. If you'd like to give uh, Christmas cards to the church uh, family at large, you may do so. And then we have... Um, uh, a lady that's taking care of uh, sorting all those out, alphabetizing them, and, and then making sure that you get them. And uh, so please, uh, again, be advised and remember that as well today, okay? And, of course, we'll be having our regular Wednesday service. We're studying in the book of Zechariah right now, one of the most exciting chapters in all the Bible uh, as far as prophecy is concerned uh, about our Lord. So let's, uh, let's keep that uh, in mind as we're studying the Minor Prophets on coming Wednesday, okay? Now, uh, these are the ways to give me to ask this, all right? And uh, we want to make sure that we have this available to you. Uh, so uh, to, this is for the general operation of our church and uh, for a missions program. We need a specially... Uh, um, financial things that you want to give to. Uh, these are how you can give. In person, we have some giving stations out in the vestibule. Uh, there are envelopes and pins there located on those boxes, and so you can give that way. You may give online at burdensarelifted.com. If you have one of those smart devices that you put in your pocket or your purse, uh, that smartphone, 804-494-8010. Uh, if you're watching online, you would prefer to mail it in, P.O. Box 334. Those are the ways you may give and help in the general operation of our church. We appreciate you doing so very much. All right, are you ready to sing? All right, I'm ready to hear you sing. All right, let's everyone stand to our feet, if you would, please. We're going to sing uh, our hymn this morning, a selection. Brother Eddie's going to come and lead us angels from the realms of glory. Brother Eddie.
Incredible. Thank you so much, Miss Sarah. Appreciate that. Uh, beautiful song, beautifully done. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. My heart's touched. I'm ready to worship the Lord. Amen. All right. Y'all ready to preach now? All right. I'm done. Oh, we got some more singing. They're ready to sing for back here. Anyway, um, I just want to mention a couple things prayer request-wise. Remember Miss Cindy Bradley. She had a heart, revol- heart valve replaced on Wednesday, doing great. And she's at home recovering from that. And then also, I want to mention this. Many of you may have heard or know Brother Clarence Sexton. Pastor, Dr. Sexton passed away uh, last week, and his service was on Wednesday. He's pastor of uh, Temple Baptist Church down in Knoxville, Tennessee president and founder of Crown College, and, uh, and our heart goes out to the family, Miss Evelyn, and uh, to um, uh, Brother Matt, Brother Shannon, uh, and the family there, and also the church. The church obviously needs our prayers as well, and uh, so let's remember them in prayer today, if you would, okay? Perhaps you have something up on your heart, an unspoken need or request, very good. I know there's a lot of folk as well that are, are ill in these days, and uh, it's uh, always a uh, a tough time during the, the holidays to the Christmas season to be sick, uh, but uh, the Lord is gracious, amen, and He can help and strengthen those folks. Let's have just a word of prayer, if you would, for these situations, all right. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we are abundantly grateful for your, your graciousness to us. Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your most marvelous Son to this world. And, oh, Lord, we recognize, we celebrate that uh, in these days. Father, we do pray right now for uh, these that we've requested prayer for, for the situations, those that have recently had surgery, and those, Lord, that are facing some things coming up. We pray, Lord, that, that you would intervene in their lives physically and help them, Lord, as well emotionally. And we pray especially today uh, for the Temple Baptist Church down in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, Lord, for uh, the fine folk there and for uh, the family of Pastor Sexton, pray that you'd comfort them, be with them. And uh, Lord, as we lift them up to you, Lord, we know that your grace is always sufficient. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, the hands that were raised and Lord, meet the needs, whatever those circumstances are as well. We, uh, again, we uh, lift them up to you, meet them, uh, whether it's something physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever the, the, the uh, circumstances call for. Father, we pray that you bless our service as we continue. May you receive all the honor, glory, and praise for all that we do in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
job. Let's all stand together if you would. Everyone standing all over the house this morning. And we're going to sing Christmas Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus has come to earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Angels announce His birth. to uh, this earth in the manger but he died on the cross for our sins but we're celebrating the birthday of our king let us sing
child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping this this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing haste haste to bring him Lord the babe the son of Mary why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding good Christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading nail spears shall pierce him through the cross be born for me and you hell hell the word made flesh the babe the son of Mary so bring him incense gold and myrrh come rich and poor to own him the king of kings salvation brings let loving hearts enthrone him raise raise your song on high the virgin sings her lullaby joy joy for christ is born the babe the son of mary raise raise your song on high the virgin sings her lullaby joy joy for christ is born the babe the son
Wonderful job, Miss Kathy. Thank you so much. Let's talk about that babe. How about that? Amen. If you would, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. And um, I want to uh, draw uh, your attention to um, a passage. It is not unfamiliar to us. We're going to read it. You've heard it many, many times. Uh, but something that is a little bit fresh in my heart and mind that I want to share with you today. I know sometimes when, um, when I um, discover... Okay, when I discover something fresh or the Lord gives me something fresh, I can't wait to get here to share it with you. And uh, this, is, this is one of those times that I want to be able to do that uh, today. But anyway, I appreciate so very, very much everyone's uh, being here today, uh, every guest that we have. And, and I trust that uh, our folk make sure that you uh, shake their hand, you welcome them, and, and uh, tell them how much you appreciate them being a part of our service today, all right? Make them feel at home, all right? Can you do that? All right, make them feel at home today, all right? Um, for centuries, for centuries, the Lord prepared for Jesus' coming. His prepare, the preparation for His coming the first time as a babe in Bethlehem. The, cl the closer it got to those particular times, there were numerous people that the Lord wanted to inform, wanted to make sure that they understood what is getting ready to happen. Over the last few months, we've been talking about the coming of the Lord and our being prepared. It is, Im it is imperative, it's critical in these days in which we're living that we are prepared to meet God. We don't know if uh, Jesus is coming back or if, or if we will pass away, if we will die. But we have to be ready for that. Uh, irregardless, you know, if the Lord tarries His coming for another 20 years, you know, some of us are not going to be here another 20 years. But we're still going to meet God. In, in fact, the book of Amos tells us, prepare to meet thy God. Okay? And we're, we're told numerous occasions that we need to be ready. Be ready for these things. Well, so what we have been talking about over the last few weeks was uh, different people that the Lord made the announcement to or, or made sure that they were aware of Jesus coming. The, the first ones that we looked at was uh, about Zacharias, that announcement to Zacharias and Elizabeth. You know, I'm sure they were shocked, right? You know, the Bible uses a very... An interesting term that they were well stricken in years. Let me put it in a Haskett terminology. They were old. All right. Now, to, to, to satisfy some minds, they were, yes, they were well stricken in years. And that's a very nice way to put it, okay? Now, they, they weren't as old as Brother Dorsey, but they were still, still, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Brother Dorsey. I pick on Brother Dorsey all the time. He picks back, so it's, it's, it's mutual there. Anyway. Imagine the shock that they were going to. I mean, she was, uh, Elizabeth was well past those years. She, she was barren and she, she couldn't have any more children. And yet, here comes the angel and, and announces to her, you're going you're to have a baby. You know, I mean, after the dust settled and she woke up from fainting. Yeah, and I'm just kidding, that's not in the Bible. Um, but Zacharias, he was just, he didn't believe it. So he was left silent. He couldn't speak. 
because he failed to believe. Then, then we had Gabriel who came to Mary, told her, highly favored, you're highly favored of God, you're, you're blessed among women, you're going to have a baby as well. And, and of course, it, for her, it was like, I, that's impossible. I, I'm, I'm a virgin. I, that's just impossible. I don't, I don't know a man. I haven't known a man. I'm not even married. And the angel reminded her that, you know what, with God, all things are possible. And then we talked a little bit about Joseph. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? The doubt that he had about Mary. He was a spouse to her. They had not consummated the marriage, but they were as good as given the the, uh, circumstances and also the culture of that day of the betrothal and the espousal and all that 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 was going on with him. And think of what he was going through. How devastating would this have been for him in his life that the woman that he was going to marry was now found to be with child. But what we find is the angel that came to him said, don't worry, don't be afraid, but, but that is... In her, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost of God. Imagine all the emotions that they're all going through. Zacharias and Elizabeth. You remember old John the Baptist leaping in the womb? Whoa! (laughs) That had to be exciting, wasn't it? Uh, Joseph and Mary. Man, I I can't imagine all the things and the emotions that they're going through at that time. But now it's the time. Now's the time for the birth. All the preparations have been done. Now all that's been completed. Now it's now's the day. What happens now? Matthew tells us something. Matthew explains to us several interesting details about this one who is to be born. I want us to read this text, all right? I know we've read it before, but I want you to, and I'm going to point it out to you more so as we move through the text uh, here in just a moment. But let's, let's back up now. We're going to read uh, verse number, let's, let's start with verse 18. I think this is important. Now, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now here's where it gets interesting. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and they called his name Jesus. Our Father we pray that You have blessed the reading of your word today. We are familiar with this passage of scripture and many even may have committed it to memory. But Lord, as we well know, there are oftentimes little truths and nuggets that you place and you put in your word for 
our benefit and obviously for your glory. I pray, Lord, today that every heart here under the sound of my voice and those who may be watching online today, I pray, Lord, that the message would be a help to them. May it encourage our hearts. May it strengthen our faith. May it convict our souls. May we see the importance and the explanation as we explain who it is that's being born. We love you today. Lord, I pray that you'd cleanse me from sin. and I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to say only what's needed and necessary, only what you'd have me to, nothing more, nothing less. Pray that you'd keep every hindrance away, Lord, that we might focus our attention upon you today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to bring you a message on this thought as it is time for Jesus to enter the world. Matthew goes into detail as to explaining who he is. I don't know if you saw this in the text. He's going to explain who he is. I want to show you about five things from this portion of Scripture. And this will, this will go pretty quickly and smoothly, I think. All right, uh, But anyway, uh, the first thing that I notice here uh, in the text is the significance of of his gender. Now, why is that so important? Well, there's nothing more important than that today, all right? Amen? All right, let me ask you a question. Do you know who you are? Okay, do you know what you are? I got one shouter right here, all right. He knows exactly what he is, what he is, all right. I'm not confused about who I am or what I am. Amen for that? All right, that should not even be a question in anybody's mind. God, God creates us who we are. And by the way, you cannot change DNA. I'm just saying. The scientists can try, but you can't do that, all right? Now, I know I'm getting picky, but I, I, you know, I just have to be that way. And I, I'll say this as well. This is sometimes why I get kicked off of some of those things, but it's all right. I don't mind. Y'all are here listening, and that's great, all right? I'm not confused. I hope you're not confused about that either. But, but here's the thing. Why is that so important? Did you see that in the text? Look at this in verse 21, because I think this is important. He said, and she shall bring forth a, what's the next word? Is that important? Okay, every word of God is important. Would you agree with me on that one? All right, and that is equally, if not of greater importance, as to the identity and explaining of who this child is, who Jesus is. This announcement that Gabriel is giving to Joseph here, uh, it, it, he's also given that to Mary. We can read about it in Luke chapter number two, chapter one and chapter two, that she would bring forth a son. It's also stated, listen now, it's also stated in Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse number 6. The choir sang about it. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, is that important? It's very important. Not because of the gender thing, but to validate, listen now, to validate the authority, the power, the wisdom, and the glory of an almighty God. It validates the prophecy of Isaiah. It also validates the validity of the announcement that was given by the angel Gabriel. If Gabriel said, you're going to have a son, and whoops, guess what? He doesn't have a son or she doesn't have a son, and uh, then that, that, that nullifies the announcement. Is everybody with me? All right. But this is validating 
who he is and validating the power of God in knowing already in advance that it is going to be, the baby is going to be a son. All right? So every word of God, it proves that God is not a fraud. Okay? You with me on this one? It proves that God is not fraudulent in what he said, in the, in the prophecy that he has given. So these are very important. I think they're very important. It means that his word is true. It means that his word is faithful. Every prophecy that he's given, that God has given, will come to pass with the the intentions that God means for them to come across. There's integrity in the message that was given to Mary, to Joseph, to Zacharias, to Elizabeth, and to the entire world by Isaiah. Every one of them gives us validation of the power of God. Now, we know this to be true. There are some today who would rather uh, take gender off the books. Ouch. They'd rather take gender out of the equation, assuring us of his gender. It doesn't, does not set well with certain individuals because what will happen is they'll question the holiness of God. Was God really correct in doing that? I, I, I've heard this, and, and some, uh, and this is unbelievable, where some are, are allowing their own children to decide what they want to be. Whew. No, see, God's already decided that. And, and, and I, find it, I find it very, and, and all honesty, uh, fraudulent for that to even be the case in these days in which we live. What we find here within this text, as the scripture tells, and she shall bring forth a son. Uh, there's even some religious organizations that enjoy misinterpreting the truth of, uh, of God's word. We can't misinterpret that. It is, it is very clear from the text of scripture that she is going to bring forth a what? A son. So there's the significance of his gender. But I want you to see this as well. Number two, not only the significance of his gender... But secondly, there is the specific name that he's given. What does our Bible say? Chapter chapter 1, verse 21 again. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now, notice in your Bible that it's all caps, right? That is important. All caps is important. What is this name Jesus? The name Jesus itself means Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah saves. That meaning tells us about his ministry. It tells us about the ministry that he is going to be involved with. So when this babe is born in Bethlehem, when this son is born in Bethlehem, and it is very significant to his gender, but it's also specific in his name. I find it interesting that we have these details in the Word of God. And sometimes when we look at this passage and we read this passage, we just kind of we hurt, kind of scuttle through it. Okay, we hurry through it. But looking at the details, I find this to be amazing that he is very specific in his name. He is, he is, it's significant that he mentions a son. But what is it about the name? Can I just remind everybody of something here? Of what Paul, uh, what Peter said in Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other name that can save you. We don't call upon any other name except the name of Jesus whenever we need to be saved. Why is that? Because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is the one who saves. 
He is. His name is specific and his name is important. It's important that they knew who he was and they knew his name uh, uh, carefully. They, they, they knew to call him Jesus. Can I remind everybody of this as well? Now, I don't know your condition. I don't know your spiritual condition today. But I will tell you this. One day, one day, whether you believe him or not, whether you put your faith in him or not, and I hope and I pray that everyone here under the sound of my voice today knows Jesus as your personal Savior. If you don't know him and you die in your sin and you die without that relationship beginning with him, you will bow your knee and you will confess that he is Lord. That will happen. You can do it now or you'll have to do it then, one or the other. But listen, may I suggest to you, do it now. All right, It will secure a place in eternal in the heavens for you. It will give you a home in heaven where you won't have to worry about a place called hell. Listen, when the people die, there are one or two places they go. One is heaven and the other one is hell. Which one are you going to? I have to ask that question today. I need to make sure that you know that Jesus is the only way and the only means of salvation. He's the only way by which you can acquire eternal life. Because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 9, 10 and 11. He said this, he said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is he saying? He is saying this, that one day you can either bow your knee here and confess him as Lord, or when you die you will still bow your knee and confess him as Lord. Lord one or the other can I, can I just implore you today if you don't know him would you trust him today because we're all sinners right we're all sinners in need of a savior there's only one savior and his name was Jesus and Jesus came Matthew's explaining that he came he's the son that was given the son that came the son that was born his name is Jesus and he alone can save us from our sins amen for that there's something else within the text of scripture here notice this if you will the last part of verse number 21 the Bible says this and she shall bring forth a son significance of his gender and thou shalt call his name Jesus the specific name that was given for he shall save his people from their sins here is the sufficient qualities that he possesses he shall save he came listen Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost you know what at one point in time in my life I was lost at one point in time in your life, you were lost. And what you needed more than anything else was a Savior. Jesus is that Savior. He came to seek and to save you that was lost. Listen, Jesus did not come. He did not come to reform. He did not come to rejuvenate. Jesus did not come to offer rehabilitation. Jesus did come, however, to redeem man from their sins, to save us from our sins. 
He did not come to tell the sun when to shine, the stars when to twinkle, or the moon when to glow. But He did come because He is the brightness of His glory, the Father's glory, to save the lost from their sin. He didn't come to be popular. He spoke the truth. And in speaking the truth, He was hated. He was hated by those whom whom he thought would love him. Those who he thought would take him in. He didn't come for the sole purpose. Listen to me now. He didn't come for the sole purpose of comforting those or removing conflicts in life or to comfort those in trouble. Let me say that one more time. He did not come for the sole purpose of removing the conflicts of life nor comforting those in trouble. Listen, mankind would much rather, much rather be saved from trouble than from transgression. Yeah. Mankind would, uh, would love to have the, all the comforts relieved from them and still live in their sin. But that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came. Yes, he did heal the brokenhearted. Yes, he did touch those who were sick. But most importantly, he died on a cross to give us life, to shed his blood for our sins, that we might receive the forgiveness of sin through the shed blood of the only living Savior. That's Jesus. Mankind would rather be saved from physical sickness than spiritual sickness. He did help those. I promise you he did help those. We can read about those whom he did help from their physical suffering. He did help those who needed comforting. And he has helped many who has come. How many today would say, Preacher, the Lord's helped me during the time that I've needed, whether it was sickness, all right? How many, how many did, has God ever comforted you when you were brokenhearted? Did he ever do that for you? There have been many times where I've been brokenhearted and I've gone to my Lord and, and he has given me the comfort I needed. Maybe when a loved one passes away and God has given you that comfort that you needed. But that's not why he came. He came to save people from sin because here's what will happen here's what will happen what good is it if I'm comforted in my brokenness and I die without Jesus what good is that how has that helped me oh it helps me temporarily during this particular situation but it doesn't help me for eternity You know what every one of us need in this room today? We need help for eternity. We need assurance for eternity. Not just something temporary here on this earth or temporary here in this life. But we need something for eternity. Matthew is explaining to us, yes, he's given us the significance of his gender. He's a son. Yes, he's telling us a specific name. His name is Jesus and he will save from sin. And that is the, 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 uh, uh, the sufficiency of his qualities. He's qualified to save from sin. Jesus, he is qualified to take our sin away from us. He's the only one that can do that, my friend. The only one that can do that. There's something else within the text I want you to see as well. That is the sure prophecy. Look at this, if you would, in verse 22 and 23. Again, Matthew's explaining who he is, and he says, He shall bring, and she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Watch this now. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. There it is again. There's that significance of his gender. Do you know within these verses it's mentioned three times that he would have a son? Or she would have a son. 
in verse 21. We just read it again in verse 23. In verse 25, she brought forth her firstborn what? Son. Yeah. But where's the surety of the prophecy? The, the sure prophecy is mentioned here. We can go back and look in Isaiah 7, 14. And the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. We, we learn about the fact in, in Isaiah 9, 6 that, that a son was given. A child is born and a son was given. Note the, the power of God's word through the prophecy there in 7, 14, Isaiah 7, 14. It's being fulfilled right here in front of their, of their lives, in, in their life, in front of our eyes. There's, there's nothing that will hinder the fulfillment of God's prophet, prophecy, God's divine prophecies. Nothing will hinder that at all. It had been 600 years, 600 years before when Isaiah pinned that down. Now some say, oh, that's fictitious. Oh, that's, uh, he wrote that well after the fact. No, 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 my friend. He wrote it 600 years. You can look at it historically and we find and we discover that God wrote it. God pinned it in the mind and the heart of Isaiah to write it. And Isaiah wrote it 600 years before the event occurred. There's nothing more assuring than the prophecies of God's Word. Nothing more assuring. Matthew himself pins it down numerous times. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. He does it again in chapter number 2, chapter number 7. I believe it is chapter, uh, chapter 18. God put it in the heart of Matthew to write down. These are fulfillments of prophecy that he is writing down. I'm saying this morning that Matthew is explaining who he is. I think he's an important role in the history of mankind. I think Jesus is all important to all of Christianity, don't you think? Jesus is most important. He should be the most important thing in your life today. If he is not, he needs to be. All I'm saying, all Matthew is saying is this. I just want trying to explain who he is. Yes, he's the son. He's God's son. Yes, his name is Jesus because there's salvation in none other. Yes, he has sufficient qualities. He, has, he is qualified to take away the sin of the, word, of the world. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Yes, there is the prophecies and all of those things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But there's one more thing I want you to see. And I like, I like this one. I saved this one for last. No, it's right in the middle of the text. But I saved it for last on purpose. That is the superlative nature of who he is. Look at this if you would in verse 23. The older virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. Thou shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, read it with me. God with us. Now, I don't know about you, but as I understand this passage of God's Word, that is a most amazing, most amazing feature of Jesus Christ. The fact that He is God and He's with us. What does that show? It shows His deity. It shows the fact that He is not only man, but He's also God in the same person. He is man in the person of Jesus. He is God in the person of Jesus. He is both God and man. He's the God man. We can't escape that truth. We can't escape that fact. The Old Testament, listen, repeatedly give to us the promises of his presence. In the tabernacle, y'all remember the tabernacle, we've just studied that before. But if you are not familiar with it, the tabernacle in the wilderness that God gave to Moses the instructions on how to build it on top of Mount Sinai. 
When, when they completed the structure, when they completed everything and all the furniture, there was one piece of furniture that was in the, put in the Holy of Holies. That one piece of furniture was solid gold, was a, a, a made of a kale wood, and it was uh, overlaid with gold. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. You've heard of the Ark of the Covenant. On top of the Ark of the Covenant was called a piece of solid gold called the Mercy Seat. Solid gold, beaten out of one piece of solid gold. On top of that mercy seat, included with that was two cherubs. And those cherubs, uh, they would face each other and their wings come up over the top. And in the middle of, above the mercy seat and between the two cherubs was what is called the Shekinah glory of God. Now where do we get that term from? Listen to this now. I was doing a little bit of homework and a little bit of study. The word tabernacle in the scripture means to dwell or to abide. It, the root word of, of which we get the Shekinah glory is from that same word tabernacle or Shekinah. All right? Now, it's a little bit of different spelling, but here's what it means. From that root word, we have the Shekinah glory of God referring to the presence of God. So it is the presence of God in between those two cherubims on top of the mercy seat. Here's what happened. When, the, when the, they were finished with the, the, the tabernacle and the furniture and they put it in the Holy of Holies, the Bible says that there was a great cloud, a great cloud that went up into the heavens. When they, when they took that, that piece of furniture in that place, it was the glory of God or the presence of God was in that place. There were numerous times in which God's presence uh, abide or abode with the children of Israel. There was numerous times. One time they had uh, the Ark of the Covenant up on the shoulders of the Levites and they stepped into the River Jordan. And what happened? The Jordan River stopped flowing because of the presence of God. They took that same Ark of the Covenant and they put it in the house of Dagon, the Philistine God, the false god Dagon. And that dude was laid flat on his face. They set him back up. They come in the next day. Where is he at? He's flat on his face again. Listen, all others bow before the presence of an almighty God. The Bible tells us as well, when the temple was built, when the temple was constructed and finally finished, and they put the Ark of the Covenant in there, that the glory of God filled the temple so much that the people couldn't even go in. The presence of God is something that's real. Real. Listen. It's real. It's the presence of God is real. All right, some of you got that. The presence of God is real. Amen. The presence of God is real today. Amen. The presence of God is be real tomorrow. Amen. Hey, it'll be real next week too. The presence of God is a reality. It is, here's what he's saying. Listen, don't miss this. He's saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to be with you. Not just above you, not around you, not underneath you, but I'm going to be with you. Everywhere you go, he is there with you. Come, follow me. Follow me. Stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. you got to be with me. Everywhere we go. I'm sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you, buddy. Everywhere we go, he's with me. He is, he is stuck to me like glue. He is not leaving. You're going to be with me the rest of the service, all right? Everywhere we go, God is with us. Are y'all getting this? 
there's significance in the, the explanation of who he is or who God is. So what we find here in the text, we find that his name is superb. His, it, the, the, the nature of who God is is superlative because he is with us. He is not leaving us no matter where we go. You're doing good. You scared? No? Okay. All right. You look scared. All right. All right. You hang in there, buddy. You, you can go back to your seat. All right. Point proven. Hey, listen, I'm glad tomorrow God's going to be with me. I'm glad next week God's going to be with me. I'm glad next year God's going to be with me because he gave me a promise and he said that I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. I'm glad that Matthew's explaining to us this same Jesus that, that come from heaven, that is God's son, the firstborn of all of creation, he is going to be with us. John said this. I know I'm talking fast this morning. I hope y'all listen fast. Listen. John said this. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In verse 1 of that same chapter, that's John chapter 1, verse 14, by the way. In that same chapter, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14, the Word became flesh. What happened? Right here. Emmanuel, God with us. John says, we beheld His glory. I'm glad today that God is not at a distance. I'm, not, I'm glad He's not on some distant star or other planet. I'm glad that He is right here with us. Let me ask you this question today. Of all the things that God has done to prepare for the coming of Jesus the first time, John the Baptist, Zacharias, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, and now Matthew takes the time to explain to us who he is. Are you ready? Are you ready for his coming? As real, as real as all of this was. How many believe this was real? You believe this is real? You believe John the Baptist is real? You believe John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb? All right. You believe an angel Gabriel came to Mary? You believe he came to Joseph? Yeah. You believe Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Okay. That, hey, that's historical fact. All right. We can, we can, we can see all of that. And, and we believe all of those things. How many, let me ask you this. Do you believe he's coming back? Okay, are you ready? You ready? A lot of preparation went into Jesus coming the first time. Just as much as He's coming again, Jesus is preparing. He's putting everything in place for His coming. We've been talking about that. 
There are many things, many signs of the times that we've been talking about. Israel is a huge part of that. Many different things. The recent events in Israel. The things going on north of Israel in a country called Russia. The things that are happening in China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, all those places are pointing to one thing. He's coming back. All the preparations are being made. The European Union, all those things are being put in place for the coming of Jesus. And I just got to ask you, what does that have to do with Christmas? It's got everything to do with Christmas. Jesus came the first time. God prepared. He's coming again. God's preparing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let me say this as well. The Bible tells us it's appointed a man wants to die and after this the judgment. Whether you're here when Jesus comes back or whether you die, there's a judgment that we all must face. Are you ready for that? So there are a lot of things to be prepared for. Not just the coming of Jesus, but we need to be prepared for death. We also need to be prepared for judgment. Yeah. We need to be prepared for eternity. All of these things are critical in your life and your decision. Are you ready? Father, we love you so very much. We're thankful for the blessings that you've given to us today. Thank you for the attention that everyone has given today. I pray, Lord, that even even, uh, today that there will be great understanding, greater understanding of the explanation that Matthew has given to us about who you are. Lord, may we recognize the, recognize the truths in your word of who you are. And in our own lives, be prepared. I don't know, I do not know the hearts and the condition of hearts today. But you are well aware, well aware. Of every soul. You know in this building today. You know who's ready. And who's not. And I pray Lord with all my heart. That every heart. Every soul here today. Will be prepared. Ready. For Jesus coming. We love you. And we thank you. In Jesus name we pray. With her head still bowed, just a moment, head still bowed, eyes closed. Miss Debbie's going to play when she's ready. I wonder this morning, are you ready? Let me ask you this. Did, did the Lord speak to your heart? Did he kind of show you something, help you with something, understand something? I, I don't know. I don't know what he may have done. I know I, I threw a lot of stuff at you today, a lot of stuff. But my prayer is that that there will be an understanding, most importantly, above everything else. If you forget everything else, remember this. It It is vitally important that you are ready to meet your God. Are you ready for that? 
There are some who have already made their way. Maybe you need to come. If the Lord spoke to your heart today, I'm going to invite you to come. Just get up, stand up right now out of your seat and make your way here. There's an altar here that you can utilize and pray. I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come and be a part of that. Maybe today you need to pray for someone else. Maybe there's someone you know. You know that they're not ready to meet Jesus. You know they're not ready to meet Jesus. And you feel compelled in your heart to pray for them. I'm going to ask you to come and pray for them today. Would you do that? Hey, 2023 is just about over. It's, it's, it's a time, yes, we can reflect on the past, the past year and accomplishments made and the things we wish we'd have done and so on. I get all that. We have a new year ahead of us. I get that too. But we're talking about right now. Maybe there's, maybe there's something in your heart. Maybe there's someone on your heart that you need to pray for. I'm inviting you to come right now and pray for them. While these are praying here, let me ask you these questions. i got a couple of questions I want to ask you. How many today would be able to raise a hand and confidently say, Pastor... If something happened to me and I were to die next week, before, before the 2024 comes, if I were to die before that happens, I know I'm ready. I'm ready to meet Jesus. I'm ready to meet my God. I'm ready. I know that I'd go to heaven. Can you raise your hand? Can you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let me ask you this question. This is, this is a... A very important question as well. Is, and I want you to be honest with me today. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, if something happened to me next week and I were not able to see 2024 uh, next, next week and I were to die, I, I don't know that I'd go to heaven, but I know I do not want to go to hell. I'm just not sure about heaven and I need you to pray for me. Anyone at all? Would you raise that hand? Just right straight up back down. I want to pray for you, okay? I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. I will not send anybody to you. I simply want to pray for you. Anybody like that today? Preacher, would you please pray for me? Anybody at all? For those of you watching online, thank you for tuning in today. We hope and pray that the service will have been a help to you. Uh, not only an encouragement from what Matthew explained, but also to um, encourage us in the fact that God is with us. Um, there's some information on your screen. That if you'd like to reach out to us, we'll be more than happy to get back with you promptly. Thank you so much for watching.